This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Thank you for tuning in. And this is the portion of the show where the praise gets shot back at people that deserve it. Everybody always thinks, oh, the good folks in life, they never get a pat on the back. Well, that's why this particular segment exists, because this is where they get their just desserts. It is time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. I must begin by giving a commendation, commendation to Edith, Edie, Ricagno Keenan Cecciarelli. She lives in Northern California, and she commemorated her 116th birthday yesterday. Actually, today. Today is her 116th birthday And uh, she is the oldest living person in America. So she's a local treasure and a celebrity. Her birthday parade, they have a parade for her. Let's start with that in her town in California. It's the party of the season, and organizers and city employees told USA Today that town employees will drive in the parade, including a vice mayor, a council member, the fire, and the police departments. And the Boy Scouts will be on the route celebrating as well as a few horses and a locally famous dog walker. So every year at her birthday, the town residents make sure she knows how special she is. That's the word from the parade organizer. And she is 116 years old today. Happy birthday, Edie. I want to wish a a solemn commendation Well, not quite solemn. Well, you'll see. I want to give a commendation to Eileen Harlan. Eileen Harlan has got to be the daughter of the year. She gave a kidney to her mother. You might think, okay, that's nice, but a lot of daughters have probably done that for their moms. They probably have. She didn't stop there. She donated her kidney to her mother And also gave her part of her liver. So the mom, Julia Harlan, her liver began failing several years ago as a result of a condition known as cirrhosis caused by non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. And her only option for survival was to get a liver transplant. And due to the long waiting list, she would need to wait months or years to find a donor with a matching blood type as well as other medical characteristics. And as a senior citizen, time wasn't exactly on her side. So her daughter came through. And then when it looked like she needed a liver as well, when she did need a liver as well, the daughter comes through again. That is wonderful. I love to see that. Uh, And by the way, the the, the Harlands are from... Maryland. So a big shout out to all of our Maryland listeners. It looks like there's good folks out there. Because for this woman, 
to donate her kidney and her liver to save her mother's life twice, I think is extraordinarily impressive. I want to commend Erica Hart, a pet detective. Yes, like Ace Ventura. Erica Hart is a pet detective who's tracked down and reunited 330 lost dogs with their owners. You ready for this? For free. For free. Using thermal imaging. This is an incredible story. She does not accept a penny for her work, saying that the joy when an owner is reunited with their animal is all the reward that she needs. So when she got her first drone as a present from her father six years ago. And after practicing with it, her dad told Erica a dog was missing in their local area and suggested she use her drone and help find the dog. Erica called the owner of the missing dog, a schnauzer that went missing on a walk, and went out to help, help him find it, which she did. So word spread, and Erica said it snowballed from there. She has since been on 330 dog rescue missions with her drone. She's even kept a few of the dogs that she's found. From Scotland to Somerset in the U.K., Erica is the first one called in the U.K., for such missions. So, Erica Hart, I do commend you. I must commend the California bride-to-be, we don't have her name, who called off her wedding and gave her $15,000 reception to families with children who have special needs. Now, I mean, you talk about the true definition of a worst-case scenario. This bride-to-be called off her entire non-refundable wedding reception worth 15 grand after learning something about her fiance. Who knows? Maybe he was cheating on her or something. We don't know. But she took this disaster and turned it on its head, donating the whole reception party complete with dinner, dessert, drinks, DJ, dancing, photo booth to a nonprofit group called Parents Helping Parents which provides community support to parents with children who have special needs. And I think this is great. And the organizers at uh, Parents Helping Parents sent out invitations for what they call the Ball for All and had all the seats reserved 48 hours before the event. The bride had detailed the party was to be for all the special needs folks from 0 to 100, and this gesture really touched the hearts of everybody that went there. I think this is just a wonderful example of taking something that was an unfortunate setback and turning it into something positive. I think we could all learn something from that. I want to give a commendation to Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston is leaving Law & Order after more than 400 episodes. He joined the show back in 1994. And he remained a main cast member until the show's original run came to an end in 2010. Then, when the show was revived for its 21st season in 2022, he stepped back into the role. He's also played this character of the DA, Jack McCoy, on Law & Order SVU, Law & Order Trial by Jury, and exited a Law & Order movie. So, I, I think for anybody to have this amount of staying power and success... As a as an actor playing the same character for three decades, 
I think this is extraordinary. I mean, this is a man who has earned three Emmy nominations for this role and 11 SAG nominations, and he won one back in 1998. And uh, when the series returned back in 2022, Sam Waterston opened up to Variety about stepping back onto the set after more than a decade, and he called the experience totally surreal. Well, now he's hanging them up. So... um, We'll see what happens, but uh, this is going to be very difficult, very difficult shoes to fill. You know, it's funny because he was looking to emulate kind of the former Manhattan DA, Robert Morgenthau, who served until he was 90, and he didn't quite make it that far, but, you know, he did okay. Came pretty close. All right. Sam Watterson, I do commend you. I must also commend Connecticut. The state of Connecticut is doing something that I just love, and they are canceling medical debt for thousands. That's according to the governor's office. A law that was signed last year is expected to be implemented this year and cancel about $650 million in medical debt, which will wipe out the debt of around 250,000 people. You know, I, I think there's... It's one thing if you go hog wild on your credit card and you rack up a lot of debt. I don't think you should be expected to bail, out, bail be bailed out. However, I know so many people and so many families that have been bankrupted due to medical debt. In even my wife, who makes a decent living, she's still paying off all sorts of medical bills for you know different tests that she had for different procedures. Uh, different things and different that. I mean, I, and I just think it's awful that people have to either go into deep debt or, you know, worry about all these calls from debt collectors or send their hard-earned money over to something that was totally outside of their control, which was a medical episode. So I, um, I love what Connecticut is doing here, and I hope more states follow this lead because in America, in the 21st century, no one, should go bankrupt because of medical debt. Nobody. I want to commend the people that donated to Ida's Bookshop in New Jersey. They donated $23,000. This is fans that donated $23,000 to keep this small independent bookshop open. So um, the landlord... It was raising their rent at this Camden County bookshop. I've never been there, but I passed this way a great deal, and I'm going to make a point to go visit it. And they started this GoFundMe to ask the bookstore lovers and the community to raise $23,000 to help cover the rent money for the year. And within five days, the campaign reached its goal. Can you imagine? I mean, you talk about a bookstore that's really an indelible part of the community. That's it. That is it, and good for all the people that donated. I want to commend olive oil. I love olive oil. To me, it's one of the most delicious things in the world, and it's also so much fun to cook with. I love to dip things in there. To me, it is the perfect condiment on anything. I love it on anything. I just love the taste of it. I, I My mouth's watering just thinking about it. And I have been upset over the years at seeing some people Lionel, for instance, um, you know, Dr. Esselstein, a couple of other people, villainize oil, including olive oil, as just another fat. Well, some very encouraging news, according to a paper published by the Cleveland Clinic. 
Olive oil is the queen of the fats. Mono, unsaturated, and packed with antioxidants and all sorts of other healthy components you're not going to find in animal or processed fats. So research suggests that those who make the switch to olive oil are going to enjoy a long list of health benefits. One of the most common, this is kind of gross, but a lot of you might be awake because you're listening to the radio right now because you're going to the bathroom. One of the most commonly referenced benefits of olive oil is its use as a natural laxative. Constipation is the most common gastrointestinal complaint, and it pushes millions of Americans to book all sorts of pricey doctors. Well, start with olive oil. This can help relieve this issue. Studies have also shown that adding more olive oil to your diet may decrease your risk of dying from dementia. Hello, I absolutely don't want to die from dementia. That is the seventh leading cause of death. Some antioxidant compounds in olive oil can cross the blood-brain barrier, potentially having a direct effect on the brain. It's also a major element of the Mediterranean diet which has been shown to lower the risk of cardiovascular disease, specifically coronary heart disease. disease. So I saw this story, and, you know, who knows? You'll see another study next week that'll say the total opposite. But I saw this story, and I said, yeah, I bet you there's a lot of people out there that love a nice spoonful of olive oil as much as I do, or to dip bread in there, or, you know, I mean, you know my favorite, I, I try to stay away from bread, but one of my favorite snacks was always lightly toasted Italian bread with a little bit of mozzarella, fresh mozzarella melted on there, then some rigot on the mozzarella, then some um, salt, pepper, maybe some oregano, and topped off with some olive oil. To me, that is the perfect... Easy to concoct sandwich. It's really, I mean, it's you know basically, I guess an Italian grilled cheese, but it's very easily uh, made. It's really just wonderful. Um, so, Oliver, I do commend you. I must also commend the police dog Biza, B I Z A. This dog in Auburn helped pick up the scent of a missing child and tracked it for over two miles helping police officers find this 12-year-old on a bitterly cold night. A police canine in Auburn picked up the scent of this missing child and tracked it for over two miles. This is a good dog in every sense. This is wonderful. I want to commend uh, the city of Hoboken. You know, not long ago, Hoboken was seeing all sorts of traffic deaths. Now, it has just gone... Seven consecutive years without a single traffic-related death. You know, one of the problems that we're seeing all over the country is people that have had these problems with uh, these cities, that have had these problems with traffic deaths. And it is really inspiring to see that a city can just turn their act, to uh, you know, completely turn their act around and have zero traffic deaths for seven years in a row. And look, th- this, this took a lot of work and, quite frankly, a lot of money. 
They added multi-way stops. They added delineators to improve intersection visibility. They added crosswalks restriped with high visibility markings. They had uh, curb ramps upgraded, including for to meet be ADA accessible, curb extensions, all sorts of other stuff. There was a tremendous investment by the city of Hoboken. And, and you know what? It worked because now, knock on wood, nobody else is dying of these traffic incidents anymore. I want to commend another city, Baltimore. Uh, according to Eventbrite, Baltimore has been named the most romantic city in America. Congratulations to all of you listening on WCBM. And then finally, I want to commend uh, Betty Brussel, a 99-year-old swimmer who has just smashed three world records. She's turning 100 in July, and she has just smashed three swimming records. She just crushed the world record in the 400-meter freestyle swim, competing in the 100 to 104 age category at a swim meet in Victoria. She apparently qualifies for that category because she'll be 100 this year. And she shaved almost four minutes off the previous record and went on to break two more records that day in the 50-meter breaststroke and the 50-meter backstroke. Really impressive. Congratulations to you, Betty Brussel. All right. If you have comments on anyone that I have commended, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. We were good. We were gold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. This is uh, Miley Cyrus singing about how she can buy herself flowers. A great song. And uh, she did a great job last night at the Grammys. Um, And I didn't know until she did this little introduction, which I really enjoyed, talking about how this was only the second time she has ever performed this song live, which I, I, I was a little shocked by. I guess maybe because it's kind of processed. And there's a lot of post-production that goes into there. 
But um, I thought I thought this was a very very good performance on the part of uh, Miley Cyrus. I um, was hoping to see Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I didn't get to I didn't get to see it. Hey, uh, Matt, you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, right or no? Yeah, I, I did watch it. I haven't watched it actually since he came back. So how many seasons has well, there been when since? He came back from what? Well, this, he had taken hiatus. For I mean, many years. yeah, I feel like every year he takes uh, like a couple of years off. But there was a, there was a, like a big chunk of like four or five years where there was no season. Well, I think the show debuted, I want to say around 2000, and this is only the 12th season. Right. So there so, was a time when they took a bunch of years off. I have not watched it. I've watched maybe one or two episodes since it's been back in the last few years. So I have a lot of catching up to do. Oh, well, see, I, I'm, I'm envious of you because, you know, I'm all caught up except for what aired last night. Tony, are you a Curb fan? No, I'm not. Were you a Seinfeld fan? No, not really. Well, Matt, where were you on Seinfeld? Yeah, I was a Seinfeld fan. So, I, I watched it every What do you think is week. funnier, Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm? Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think you might be right. And I and I hate to say that because I am the world's biggest Seinfeld fan, but there's two things that I think really help Curb. One, honestly, and I don't use any profanity, it's that they can curse. The the le- the way they use profanity on that show, it's like watching Picasso paint. These people know how to curse. And that is missing on Seinfeld. Yeah, it's yes. true. Susie's the best. Uh, she's ama- amazing. <laughs> but they're all great. Like the sense of timing, uh, they, they, they're all great. And that I think what also helps is the fact that there are no commercials during that half hour with Seinfeld. And again, I'm not saying anything against Seinfeld. With Seinfeld, you have to kind of build to a crescendo every right before every break. Something dramatic or a little bit of a mini cliffhanger has to happen right before the break. With Curb Your Enthusiasm, you don't. You could just kind of have the comedic beat play out as it should. So I think Curb is funnier as you watch it for the first time. I think Seinfeld, and I can't even really explain why, but I think Seinfeld might be funnier upon repeat viewing than Curb is, but... You know, I watch a lot of those classic Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes like uh, Palestinian Chicken, and I think it's I think it's great. Um, yeah, I, I still watch Seinfeld when it's on. I mean, it's always on at some point on TV when right. you're flipping around. But I think it's just Larry and just the way his whole attitude of that it's an exaggeration of his real life, and it's always like something's going on, and then he sort of stops and goes, oh. What are you talking about with this? What do you mean? What, right. are, you, what are you doing with yeah. this? No. What, what, what are you talking about? And that's how then he gets himself into trouble, and then how they always tie it in a, at the end, how everything always like, yeah. sort of ties no, it's, together. It's a really brilliantly produced show. I'm glad, you know, I'm sorry that it's leaving, but I'm glad it's going out on uh, on top while it's still this level of quality because there are still there are so many shows that stay too long at the dance, at, and you know degrade in quality over over the years. You know, Larry David was on, I guess it was the Today Show on uh, Friday? Friday. Promoting Curb Your Enthusiasm. And you know who else was there? Another guy who's quite controversial these days for his social media use, Elmo. And Larry David gets into it a little bit with, with Elmo. Go ahead. Say you're sorry. Elmo. Larry? 
I just want to apologize. Thank you, Larry. That's Elmo, very big of you. Elmo accepts your apology, Larry. Thank okay. you. And Louie, will you drop the lawsuit? Elmo accepts your apology. Oh, he accepts it. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, Elmo. Thank you. Thank you. You are such a sweetheart. Thank you, Elmo. Larry David was actually, I guess he at one point was wringing Elmo's neck. And that was the apology there. So there you have it. But uh, to me, Curb Your Enthusiasm is a an absolutely uh, fantastic, fantastic show. And so many of the guest stars are great. Like they had this one um, series of episodes where, and they have a lot of real life celebrities that may play themselves from time to time, like uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld or Ted Danson or um, John Hamm or a guy that was absolutely br- brilliant. F. Murray Abraham, who I think has been canceled. I, I've lost track of who's been canceled. But F. Murray Abraham was tracking what Larry was wearing. Yeah. Same pants as yesterday. Hey, tracking my outfits? No, no, just observing, that's all. You know, I was late and they had the belt in them from yesterday, so I picked them up because I was in a hurry. They're not dirty or anything. Then by all means, wear them again. You're an outfit tracker, Murray. Nobody likes an outfit tracker. I don't know why uh, casual observation has made you so uncomfortable. I I just feel like I'm living in some kind of clothing police state, like it's 1984. Big Murray's watching me. Big Murray's not watching No, Big Murray is watching. Big Murray has other things to do. (laughs) Apparently, Big Murray has nothing else to do but outfit track. Not judging you. I'm just noticing that you wore the same pants. Okay, Big Murray. And in that episode, you really have to see it if you didn't see that season. They're doing a musical called Fatwa, and F. Murray Abraham is playing the Ayatollah Khomeini, the Ayatollah of Iran that puts the Fatwa on Salman Rushdie. And you saw after that, you know, how serious some people still take that Fatwa. But uh, to me, a great show. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? Hello. Hi. I'm going to get the steak frites. Medium rare, okay? Medium rare is great. Spinach salad for me, please. I'll get the Caesar. And anchovies going to be okay on that? Please. With the anchovies? Yeah, I like anchovies. So what? It's just a strong choice. Who does that? You know, it's unbelievable the contempt that people have for you when you order anchovies. It's like I'm a pornographer or something. I can honestly say I've never seen someone say yes to anchovies on the Caesar, have you? You know what it's like? It's like going to church on Thursday. Right. It's an odd choice. <laughs> you know what? Forget the anchovies. Okay. Just, why would you do, would that? You do that? I don't want them anymore. You ruined my lunch. You ruined it. You ruined my lunch. I just thought it was strange. By the way, there are many things that you guys eat, okay? A lot of things you eat in particular that I don't comment on that I find offensive. Ice cream? Well, I like ice cream. Okay, an omelet? I like an omelet. French toast? Love French toast. So what the f*** are you talking about? Okay, you know what? No anchovies. We're good. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're a little defensive in the world of anchovies. I wish you would have gotten the anchovies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, 800-848-9222. The, um, you know, in the latest edition of Judges Behaving Badly, there was a fascinating story in the uh, New York Post, and the person involved in it has um, has put put this out on um, X, and I, I don't know that we have the uh, the audio of it, but we'll, we'll we'll see if we can find it. In any event, in the Boogie Down Bronx, a Bronx family court judge is being accused of making advances on a swingers app towards a mom involved in a case she's hearing. So this mom is in family court, 
and she's, you know, trying to get back her children who've been taken away from her. The mom strikes me as a few aces short of a full deck, to be honest. But um, this family court judge, Cynthia Lopez, has now stepped down following, they say it's allegations, but look, you could see the photos and the videos, it's her. This judge was alleged to, the, the allegations from this mother involved in this child custody dispute the mother, Sydney Sutherland, told the uh, accused the judge of messaging her via this swingers app, according to the New York Post. The accusation was made public by Sutherland through a TikTok video, which was also also shared on X, which I still call Twitter. It quickly attracted attention and it prompted an investigation by the city and the state judicial authorities. So this controversy began when Sutherland reported receiving a message from a user named Cynthia. Keep in mind, the judge is named Cynthia. On what's called 3Fun, a platform known for connecting individuals interested in non-traditional sexual arrangements. Sutherland used her actual photo, but under the pseudonym China on the app, and she was reportedly taken aback by the advance, especially given the timing close to her upcoming court date. The profile in question featured a woman in suggestive attire, reportedly identifying as bisexual and in search of partners for herself and her male partner. A partner named Ant. So the detailed description on the profile highlighted a preference for various body types and personalities. I'll spare you the details. And after receiving a message from the judge, the mother immediately replied, B-word, you know who the F I am. However, Lopez blocked her, but Sutherland reportedly managed to capture screenshots of the exchange and the profile, which she's now planning to use in filing a complaint. She expressed her disturbance over the incident, suggesting that her protracted custody battle might have been influenced by an ulterior motive from Judge Lopez. So what she told the New York Post and her TikTok following is that she thinks this judge dragged out this custody fight just so because she was attracted to her so she could still have this woman come into her courtroom all the time i mean you talk about sick you know everybody loves having sex but would you ever jeopardize your judicial career and i think in this case this might ultimately jeopardize her law degree uh, her uh, law license, because I have to think the Character and Fitness Committee of the Bar Association is not going to look fondly on this. I mean, they wouldn't allow Rudy Giuliani to say the election was stolen. And this is a judge that is trying to um, basically bed the litigants in her courtroom. <sighs> now, again, the, the, the mom, they don't take children away from... Mothers easily, okay? This mom, I think she's been married uh, seven times, and she's been arrested for assault many, many times. So I take everything she says with uh, a little bit of a grain of salt. However, uh, you know, it does look like this is the judge trying to reach out in a totally inappropriate manner on this one. Now... In Las Vegas, 
another interesting situation out there. Hey, by the way, we are very proud to be heard right now on KDON in Las Vegas, one of the great radio stations in America. And I'm a big fan of Las Vegas. Probably has something to do with my fondness for gambling and drinking. But uh, I try to get to Vegas at least once every five years, and I've got a lot of fun Vegas stories. Can't wait to go back, and it is just a wonderful town, and I have so many friends there. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be joined by the former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, because Vegas is very much having a moment. Uh, They're hosting the Super Bowl on Sunday, and they, uh, they, they had U2 perform there at the Grammys yesterday from inside that giant sphere, which looked like a lot of fun. Well, anyway, there's a Las Vegas judge that is now facing ethics violations around her social media posts. I guess there's something about being a, a person in a position of some authority that makes you do strange things. So this particular judge is facing ethics violations around her social media posts, including one where she posed in a hot tub with public defenders. These are public defenders that appear before her. Uh, Responded about her potential discipline with lyrics from a Cardi B song, including the words, get money, go hard, you're blanking right. So last Wednesday, the Nevada Commission on Judicial Discipline filed a formal statement of charges against Clark County District Court Judge Erica Ballou. And two charges Ballou faces center around the post, one where she appears to state that cases in which defendants are not in custody should be tossed out. That's what she's saying on on social media. And another in which she posed with two individuals from the Clark County Public Defender's Office in a hot tub and referenced... um, It looks like a slang word for a woman's breasts. So in the formal statement of charges, the commission referred to Ballou's Instagram post from September of 2021. Her caption on the selfie read, Life is still beautiful despite the fact that Billie Eilish doesn't start for 30 minutes and I have an 8.30 calendar tomorrow. The judge also posted the hashtags, Vacate the expletive out-of-custody cases and... Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I don't know where they find these people to be judges. Sometimes, I th- and you know, I'm not trying to make this a quota thing or an affirmative action thing, but I think there's sometimes such a desire to appoint women as judges that, and particularly minority women, that they will find any person that is technically qualified with a law degree and make them a judge. That's a little bit of an overly broad statement, but I see no other explanation for how these two judges, one in the Bronx, one in Vegas, manage to be judges. There's nothing in their history that indicates they have the kind of temperament to be judges. There's nothing in their experience that indicates what, um, you know, they they have the kind of temperament to be judges. And um, I I just don't understand, in the case of this Vegas judge, look, the the sex, you know, the swinging judge, I understand a little bit more, but not really. Because why she would jeopardize her whole job just to try to sleep with someone coming before her when you know all she has to do is say no and you're done. 
But in this Vegas judge, basically it looked like she wanted to go from being a judge to being a social media influencer. It makes no sense. So um, this is what uh, this is what this particular judge, Erica Ballou, um had to say on, I think this is one of her social media channels. You're a black man in America. You know you don't want to be nowhere where cops are. Listen, I listen to you. You listen to me. You know you don't want to be nowhere where cops are. Because I know I don't. And I'm a middle-aged, middle-class black woman. I don't want to be around where the cops are because I don't know if I'm going to walk away alive or not. There you have it. Um, she also posted on Facebook over the weekend uh, another Cardi B song. Went from making tuna sandwiches to making the news. Get up 10. I started speaking my mind and tripled my views. Get money, go hard, your expletive right. Never been a fraud in my expletive life. There you have it. Judges behaving badly. Oh, and I have to at least mention this. So it looks like the rumors surrounding this Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, are true about this relationship that she had with the special prosecutor in her case. She's now admitted it. But she's saying that it's okay, there's no conflict, because their relationship started after he was appointed. Now, I want you to think about this. She paid this guy basically $700,000 in taxpayer money, she, well, she appointed him to a job that got him $700,000 in taxpayer money only to have him become her lover. It looks to me like she bought his affection with $700,000 worth of taxpayer money. To me, the fact that this relationship started after he was appointed, I don't think this makes this anything... I don't think this makes this any less of a conflict of interest at all. I really don't. And uh, Clark Cunningham, who is a brilliant law professor in in Georgia, and um, a guy who is I, I don't think a Trump fan at all, but he is the leading he's a leading oh, American legal scholar. He is uh, with the Georgia State College of Law. He was on with Michael Smirkanish on CNN on Saturday, and this is what uh, Mr. Cunningham said of this bizarre situation. And by the way, I heard another interview that Cunningham did, and he said the invoices that the gentleman that is that she's sleeping with here, whose marriage she helped, you know, potentially torpedo, that these are the worst looking invoices that he's ever seen. They're so shoddily put together and so unprofessional. So he said that there's not anything necessarily wrong with the rate that he's charging, but the sheer number of hours that he put in for and the way these invoices were put together, it looks uh, looks quite bad. Here's Clark Cunningham. It looks like now there's a window where Georgia could jump in this spring and maybe just do a Trump-only trial uh, before the general election. It would be the only televised trial far more important than the one going on in New York. Um, But that opportunity is vanishing as long as uh, District Attorney Willis continues to litigate this uh, disqualification issue. I mean, I don't see how she stays on this case. I don't see how the special prosecutor Nathan Nathan Wade stays on the case either. To me, uh, this is a, a tremendous problem. Tremendous problem. 
All right. 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on uh, judges or DAs uh, behaving badly, you're welcome to. Uh, or uh, anything else we have covered this hour. 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to um, Gary in New Hampshire. Hi, Gary. Yes, uh, I heard that uh, Jay-Z uh, making his little spiel there on the Grammys. Um the man is worth over $400 million or more. Now, my question is this to you is I wish you would have a show on for, you know, a half hour, hour, bring on some professional people who represent uh, hip hop and rap and so forth. You know, DJs of New York and so forth to see uh, what their opinion is of the last 50 years. They just, uh, you know, celebrated uh, 50 years of this type of music. But my question is this, and not to sound racist or nothing, but it's like this. I I see talk to girls at the registers at at, at uh, supermarkets. Whenever someone They're, says uh, not to sound black, racist or nothing, kids in high school. And I said, do you really like that type of music? This that because you really can't even like dance to it because you know everybody they dance they grind. The girls want to dance fast and so forth. Is there any hits hit songs? The greatest rap song ever. I know you're going to agree with me. Is Bust to Move by Young MC. Agree? Uh, you know, I, I like it. Is it the best of all time? Uh, probably. You know, I think there's a lot of good ones, right? I, I, I'm not necessarily a, an aficionado of uh, hip-hop music. I think there's still a lot of great hip-hop music that uh, that comes out. I, I just thought it was kind of um, it was a bad look for Jay-Z last night to go up there and be such a, a sore winner that, oh, oh. Some of you don't even deserve being nominated, whereas this lady right here, the one that I happen to be married to, she not only uh, has more Grammys than anybody, but she never even won a- Album of the Year. I mean, okay, sure, music is subjective, but, uh, well, you guys don't know. I mean, I thought it was kind of rude, honestly. Uh, not the biggest deal in the world, right? Uh, but uh, I thought it was rude. 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Until the top of the hour, this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Thank you for listening, especially our newest listeners in K-Dawn in Las Vegas. Uh, thrilled to be joining uh, such a terrific lineup at that ra- radio station, including my friend Brian Kilmeade, who joins us um, uh, every Thursday morning. And uh, we're very happy to uh, have him as a regular weekly contributor to this show. Now... I'm going to get back to your calls in a moment. You know what I'd like to do? 
There, I would like to create a new societal rule that we do away with adult birthday gifts. So I, I go to this 40th birthday party on Friday, and two friends of mine that were also going to the party, they both called me independently, and they said, hey, uh, what are you thinking of doing in terms of a gift? And I'll say, I, I said, you know, I can't imagine because the party was in Manhattan, he lives all the way out in Rockland County, I can't imagine that he wants to schlep gifts from 50 people all the way back to Rockland County. So I'm not bringing anything tonight, and, uh, you know, maybe I'll send him something, something creative, something that speaks to, you know, his personality. And they both readily agree, yeah, 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 okay, we won't bring anything either. So they don't. And then I go to the party, the three of us were in the minority. There's a whole table with gifts of mostly mostly liquor, a couple of other items that my friend will never use. And I'm just thinking, what a waste of time uh, and money on the people that got this. And now the wasted effort that my friend is going to have to expend getting this stuff back to his house. And, you know, trust me, this is not stuff that he needs. And I think most – I mean, there was one nice bottle in there that – he probably would want. So not that one. Then my um, my wife is is listing to me all the birthday gifts she's got to get ready for. Uh, by the way, um, today is my brother-in-law Adam's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Adam. Did not send me songs, so that's fine. But that's one of the birthdays she's got to get. She's got to get birthdays for five or six adults in her life. Now, Again, like a lot of people, like a lot of families, especially those who have young children, I feel like money's pretty tight for us right now. And I just, I don't understand the idea of getting adults gifts. Now, if there's something that you wouldn't buy for yourself, something that's a luxury item that you would never, I'm thinking maybe a nice box of cigars or something, or um, if you're... um, a fan of history and somebody buys you this really nice historical artifact. Okay. That's one thing that's really special. Or, you know, in my case, I, um, I really, you know, my wife got me these socks with my son's picture on them that I wear all the time. That's, you know, really thoughtful. But I think for the most part, almost every adult birthday gift that I see is quite frankly, junk. It's junk or gift cards. And if you're an adult, don't you just buy whatever it is that you need? Uh, are there really, it's not like you're eight years old and you're uh, sitting around waiting for somebody to buy you the latest uh, Transformers toy. I just don't get the whole idea of um, adults stressing over buying other adults birthday gifts. I just, uh, to me, if you want to go out for your birthday, take somebody to a nice lunch, a nice dinner, a drink, a cup of coffee, a nice walk in the park. To me, I think what people really appreciate, adults, not children, on their birthday is the opportunity to spend time with their friends, maybe go on a nice trip or something with their friends. Not not this junk or these gift cards, which they're either going to lose or not care about. I think, to me, the whole idea of adult birthday gifts is bogus, and I wish I could get more people to buy into doing away with this and not participating. To me, it's for children.
Tell me what you think. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Jay is in the Queens. Hello, Jay. Uh, good morning, Brad. Good morning. There's something very interesting. At the end of the show, uh, Celine Dion got an ovation from, from everybody. Now, when, when she gave the award to Taylor, Taylor that never even looked at her back. Yeah, acknowledge her. I saw that. You know, I saw. Uh, I mean, I didn't see that part of the ceremony because I only watched uh, maybe a half hour of it or so. But they were talking about that because obviously Celine that Dion is going through some health issues. I don't know what that's about. Um, you know, I don't know if maybe she. You know, you, you get caught up in the moment. Maybe she uh, lost track. But yeah, she's been criticized for that over the last few hours. You know what? I, I'm. I, I don't think it matters at all, honestly. And I don't think Celine Dion thinks it matters at all. But you're right. People are taking notice of that. You know, Miley Cyrus, when she introduced her number that she performed live, she uh, cited the women that she was always a fan of. And she mentioned her godmother, Dolly Parton. She mentioned Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, uh, Celine Dion, and at least one other artist. I don't remember who, but Celine Dion got her just desserts. I, I don't think... I mean, I don't know anything about Taylor Swift, but I can't imagine she would intentionally try to be disrespectful to a musical legend. All right, those of you that are holding, we'll get to you after the top of the hour. Hey, speaking of entertainment, we lost a gifted entertainer a couple of days ago, and it is a, um, I think, an appropriate thing to pay tribute to the late, great Carl Weathers, who was only 76 which is not old. Not old these days. So, All right. Um, if you want to email me, you can do so. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Even if you don't have anything to say, if you email me, I'll put you on my email list, and you'll get updates about a lot of the things that I'm doing. All right. Um, until next hour, your influence counts. Be sure to use it.